0: What up world? It's your past first point guard and blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever podcasts are sold. Y'all we did it. We made it to the end of July in the quiet, finally the quiet times of the NBA offseason, which means the biggest news of the day is NBA players deciding not to play more basketball. So that's what we'll talk about in the first segment is the Myriad stars who have dropped out of Team USA. Who's left? What's next for Team USA as they head into the FIBA World Championships? In the second segment, we'll talk about one guy who's still on the fence. Blazers point guard Damian Lillard. What are the pros and cons of him staying on Team USA? And then, in a very Spurs, the most Spursian thing you could possibly do is announce extremely massive news on a very quietly... At the end of the day, in a summer Monday. I guess they could have done it on a summer Friday. That would have been a little more Spursian, but they gave it to us on a Monday. So we'll talk about it on a Monday. Tim Duncan coming back to be an assistant coach on Greg Popovich's bench for the Spurs this season. We'll talk about that news in segment three, but we will start with the news of the day. and The news of the day is NBA players not wanting to play basketball in the summertime. Uh, In the last eight days, uh, Anthony Davis and James Harden have dropped out of Team USA, along with Trailblazers guard C.J. McCollum and Houston Rockets guard Eric Gordon. But some more names were lost to the summer attrition today. Bradley Beal has withdrawn from Team USA, along with Sixers forward Tobias Harris. So... It looks like Team USA is still searching for its full roster. What we do know is two guys seemingly have committed. Mark Stein of the New York Times reported earlier today that Kemba Walker of the Boston Celtics, that still sounds weird to say, and Milwaukee's Chris Middleton, they're pretty much locks. They intend to stick with Team USA this summer, Stein reports. So those are two in. Who are the other 12 that will fill out Team USA? Of the original 20 guys left on the roster, here's who's still left. And I'm not going to read Walker and Middleton because I've already told you those names. For the guards, we got Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, who had thumb surgery, is 32 years old and seems very unlikely to commit fully to playing two weeks of basketball in Asia. But he hasn't withdrawn yet, so he's still on the list. Utah Jazz guard Jonathan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, who's probably more of a forward, but that's where he ended up on my list. So, sorry guys. Uh, the other forwards, Kevin Love, Paul Millsap, Harrison Barnes, Kyle Kuzma, and Raleigh, North Carolina's own P.J. Tucker. For the bigs, Andre Drummond, Miles Turner, and Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez seems like the odd man out among centers, um, but maybe he wants to win a gold medal, so he'll stick around. Uh There are some other names, according to uh, Joe Varden of The Athletic, that could be added to the pool of sort of senior roster members that the Team USA will invite to camp with the intention of bringing them with them to the FIBA World Games, FIBA World Cup, excuse me, Uh, Marcus Smart of the Celtics, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, D'Angelo Russell of the Warriors, doesn't that sound weird, Uh, Utah's own Mike Conley. Josh Richardson of the Philadelphia 76ers, Thad Young of the Bulls, and Julius Randle of the Knicks, all under strong consideration to be invited. Uh, Just as an aside two Celtics and a lot of dudes who changed teams this summer. Um, there's also an opportunity uh, for, according to Varden, for guys from the USA Select team to be sort of called up, to be graduated up to the to the big group. Uh, the way the, these uh, camps work is that FIBA announces like a senior roster group of 20 names, and then they call that 20 name down to 12, 12 or 14, excuse me. But uh, in addition to that, they also invite 10 or 15 USA Select guys who can be involved in practices and scrimmages and things like that and who they can get into the USA pipeline to be involved in future international competitions. It's usually younger guys, guys in their first contract, or guys who maybe popped a little bit late and are, are you know, below the age of 26 and, uh, and haven't participated for Team USA before. CJ McCollum was invited at one point in his career to be on the USA Select team and eventually withdrew but names that could be graduated up, according to Varden of The Athletic. uh, Atlanta's Trey Young, Sacramento's De'Aaron Fox, Brooklyn's Joe Harris, New York's Mitchell Robinson, and Brooklyn's Jared Allen. Uh, Shams Trania of The Athletic also reported today that Zion Williamson, number one overall pick, not going to do team, Team USA this summer. That's not a big surprise. You know, he slightly tweaked his knee in the first half of his first summer league game, and they immediately shut him down. I think the Pelicans want... Zion Williamson to play for 15 years for them, and not for 15 days for Team USA. Um, he probably also just wants to do be around the team and get his off-season uh, transition started, as opposed to playing for Team USA. I think it would be different as the Olympics, but I guess that's kind of the point. Team USA put themselves in this strange position. In 2002 and 2004, they had back-to-back world competitions, uh, a FIBA World Cup at the time, and then an Olympics where, where Team USA was not good. They did not win the gold medal. They struggled. This was um, USA heading the wrong direction in the first decade of the 2000s, the first half decade. So what they did was they made they kind of made a recommitment to the team, and they 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 were going to entice the absolute best Americans in the NBA to play for team USA and to cut their teeth in FIBA and graduate to the Olympics and go win gold medals and make it a thing that stars did. So in 2008, you had this incredibly star studded roster with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Chris Paul and Chris Bosch and Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard at the height of his powers and Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler and just a, a, a awesome collection of players. You know what the, um, a team that rivaled the 92 team in terms of star power and success. Dwayne Wade, also a part of that group. Apologies to Banana Boat Captain himself. In 2012, they basically ran it back at Anthony Davis. And this was the sort of rebirth of Team USA being an important thing after it kind of waned from being important In the late 90s and then the first half decade of the 2000s, uh, Team USA set a new precedent. And they also set this precedent that they were going to make star players play in a FIFA, or excuse me, a FIBA world competition, some sort of big FIBA tournament. And then by cutting your teeth in FIBA, you could graduate to the Olympic team and play in the tournament that really matters to Americans win the gold medal that really matters to Americans. But they have since gone away from that. Team USA has been, over the last four years or so, sliding away from demanding that commitment of its players. In large part, probably because that 2008 crew has either retired or is on the back half of their careers, and asking guys to commit to play more basketball in the summer for in your early 30s, middle 30s for NBA players is too much of an ask. But because they went away from that thing, they've put themselves in this position where the best players invited to camp, Anthony Davis and James Harden, were the first guys to withdraw. And then all-star level players, or all straight-up all-stars like Brad, Brad Beal, pull out. C.J. McCollum, a, one of the best two guards in the game, pulls out. Eric Gordon and Tobias Harris now withdraw. You're kind of... you're. And according to the Athletics' Joe Varden, I'm kind of of burying the lead here for Blazer fans, but it's intentional, You will see in the second segment, is that Kevin Love and Portland's own Damian Lillard are reportedly still on the fence and expect to make a decision later this week. In fact, I'm a little bit nervous that by the time I release this podcast, Damian Lillard will already have made a decision rendering most of this content useless. But hey, that is the risk of that I'm willing to take for you, dear listeners. But my point remains is that Team USA, USA Basketball got itself in this mess by going away from the demand that star players play in FIBA competitions in order to play in the Olympics. Guys don't want to play in this competition for a variety of reasons. And so you end up with a group of second-tier stars and borderline all-stars, and maybe a lot of non-all-stars end up playing in this group. And I think that's fine. Team USA will still win the title they'll still win a gold medal almost certainly as long as they bring some borderline all-star guards to run past international perimeter defenders that are probably not ready to handle that type of skill and athleticism from NBA players but but Team USA put itself in this position by stopping you know loosening the restrictions on rules that they had created 10 years ago so that's where we are and that means that Damian Lillard has a choice whether he plays or not because while he's never participated for Team USA before, he's, at a, he's good enough that he could pop back in in 2020 and they'd bring him to the Olympics. So that's what I want to talk about in segment two. Should Dame play for Team USA? But before I do that, I want to remind you guys that when you're driving to work or from work or just around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device in your car to play podcast Locked on Blazers and I'll be right there with you for the drive. Make it a part of your daily routine. Every time you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. All right, so we talked about NBA players who are in for FIBA World Games, FIBA players who are out. Now I want to just get into the nitty-gritty, the Blazer angle of this. CJ McCollum not going. So the last Blazer option to go, Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't... You can make your own judgments whether you think he should play or should not. I'm not going to do that here. I'm going to lay out the pros and the cons. But before I get there, a quick reminder that Damien Lord was cut from the final roster in 2014 in favor of Kyrie Irving and Derrick Rose. He was super salty about that and made it clear. And then in 2016, he withdrew his name from consideration altogether. So he has once been told to go home by Team USA and once gone home on his own. But now he has a chance to play and be the best player on Team USA. And that's the first pro in favor of him playing. Damien Lord would unquestionably be the best player on this roster the way it stands. Even if they add some of the names I listed in the first segment, Dame is the best and most decorated player on Team USA. He would be the bona fide leader of this team, both in spirit and ability. And there's some cachet that goes with that he's already a superstar he has a signature shoe and 300 million dollars worth of nba contracts to prove it but this would winning a gold medal is the absolute best player on team usa even if it's not in the olympics would further cement Dame's status among the nba elite there is some brand value to becoming captain america and while we're on brand value let me talk about my second point The games, which run from August 31st to September 14th, are in China. Dame annually makes a trip to China to promote his Adidas sneakers. He goes on a tour. He goes to China. He goes to um, the Philippines. He goes to, I'm not sure he goes to Japan, but he he, Taiwan, Chinese Taipei. uh, He's all over the continent. This would be a mini version of that, but in terms of promotional tour, but it would be blown up in terms of what he could promote while he was there. Not only would he be saying, here's my new shoe, you can wear it, I'd love to put on this little mini camp on an off day for you while I'm training for Team USA, but also after that, I'm going to strap USA on my chest and be the best player on a team that wins a gold medal in a global tournament in the town you are from. This would be a huge Huge marketing thing in China. It's not like the dude needs more money, but it's always good to boost the brand. I think there's some value in Dame just turning his usual Asia tour into an Asia tour, plus the time where I wore Team USA on my chest and won the gold medal. And finally, the last pro is, I think this stuff kind of matters for your legacy. Um, Dame winning a gold medal again, as the best player on the team, might end up being the biggest trophy he wins as a pro. Uh, I don't mean that to be depressing or pessimistic, although that is usually my nature, dear listeners. I'm sure you've known by now. And if you're a new listener, that is usually my nature. So, sorry. But obviously, Dame wants to win a Larry O'Brien trophy. He wants to bring that big shiny gold thing back to Portland and have a parade down Broadway and cement himself as the greatest blazer of all time. But there's a fairly good chance that in eight to 10 years, when Dame retires, holding every statistical major statistical category in franchise history, that the biggest individual or the biggest team title he will have won will be this gold medal. And that matters for stuff like how quickly you get into the Hall of Fame. Dame is probably going to be the greatest blazer ever, but is a winning a gold medal as the best player might be the thing that makes him a surefire lock to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now the cons. I know I just said this stuff matters, but does it really matter? Is Dame's legacy really going to be changed all that much by winning a gold medal? Undeniably, it will be changed. It's another thing to point to. USA gold medalist, best player on the FIBA World Cup team in 2019 when they did blah, 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 blah. That will be on the resume. But clearly, guys in Dame's tier, Anthony Davis and James Harden specifically, that these guys who are, you know, maybe those guys are a half step above Dame in terms of chasing MVPs, but but guys in his superstar level tier are withdrawing. And this is a big tournament for other countries. There's no doubt about it. But it's not held in nearly the same regard in the U.S., both by players and by fans. We're an Olympic country. That's the tournament we care about. Whether that's right or wrong, it remains the truth. So while this would matter, a gold medal in the Olympics is certainly shinier and more golden than a FIBA World Cup medal. So while this would undoubtedly add to Dame's resume and perhaps be an important thing for his legacy, it's less important than things he could do as an NBA player. And the last argument the last con against him playing for team usa is the obvious one that's why i left it for last because i know y'all have been screaming it ever since you pressed play thank you for listening and being patient with me but this tournament runs until september 15th preseason games start the first week of october for many teams in the nba and i'm sure the blazers will be among those teams to play a game in the first week of october now, preseason isn't particularly important for a guy of Damian Lillard's character. He needs to play probably two or so, maybe one f- full, you know, four quarter regular run to get himself in shape. Maybe even less. But Dame has already discussed the importance of playing with all the new faces the Blazers have added to the roster at the Blazers practice facility in Tualatin. And he wants to do that in September, before training camp starts in October. And if he's in Asia, it certainly cuts down on those first two weeks of September. Usually guys start rolling into town, particularly veterans, around Labor Day, and that's when you get back in it. Dame would not be there if that was the case. It's something that he, sp- he spoke publicly about wanting to do. He would be limiting himself by playing for the, in the FIBA tournament. In addition, playing games means playing games. It's more miles, less rest for a guy who just turned 29, and quite frankly looked tired at the end of an NBA season that ended in the Western Conference Finals. Dame looked like he could use more rest, not less. So in theory, the Blazers built this roster that's better suited to take some pressure off Dame, but I think it's safe to say that he's still going to do a bunch of heavy lifting and play a ton of minutes this year. Does it make sense for a guy with that big a load staring down on him over an eight-month grueling NBA season who wants to make a push deep, 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 deep into the playoffs to run up the odometer in this tournament. I will let you, dear listener, be the judge. I've laid out the pros and cons. If you feel strongly, you can tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, and tell me why Dame should or why Dame should not play. I get the sense that most people who are vocal about it on the internet think he should not play. But whatever. I laid, out, I laid out the facts. I will let you be the judge. So that's our Team USA heavy segment. Stick with me in the third segment. Come on back because we're going to talk about Tim Duncan joining an NBA bench. And maybe who is the Blazers Tim Duncan most likely to join Terry Stotts' staff over the next half decade or so? But before we do that, I want to remind you guys that for all the latest takes on the NBA offseason, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed, at Locked On NBA Net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during the NBA offseason. So hop on that Twitter feed. That's at Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. All right, so we talked Team USA. We talked Damian Lillard's potential participation in Team USA. Uh, Hopefully he hasn't already made his mind up by the time you listen to this. If it is, this segment is not as time-sensitive, so segment three is for you if breaking news has spoiled your day. The Spurs, in a very Spursian way, quietly announced that NBA legend Tim Duncan is joining Greg Popovich's staff. Let me read you the entire press release because it is just fantastically San Antonio. The San Antonio Spurs today announced that Will Hardy and Tim Duncan will be added to Greg Popovich's bench as assistant coaches. Hardy first joined the Spurs as a basketball operations intern in 2010 after graduating from Williams College. Will Hardy is a talented young basketball mind who has earned a great deal of respect from everyone in the organization thanks to his knowledge, spirit, and personality, said Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. Duncan... A 1997 Wake Forest graduate played 19 seasons with the Spurs before retiring in the summer of 2016. It's only fitting that after I served loyally for 19 years as Tim Duncan's assistant that he returns the favor, said Popovich. And that's it. That's how this press release ends with a tongue-in-cheek joke from Tim from Greg Popovich and not mentioning that Tim Duncan was a league MVP, a multiple-time Finals MVP, And a four-time NBA champion. What the hell, San Antonio? What the hell? Couldn't be more classically Spurs. No quote from Tim Duncan. He's, you know, somewhere hiding, working on muscle cars, um, wearing a Punisher knee brace. And Greg Popovich just slides in there to make a joke about how he was, quote-unquote, Tim Duncan's assistant for two decades. Ha, 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 ha. You get all the Spurs love in that 150 words. But what this press release got me thinking is, who is the Tim Duncan equivalent for the Blazers? Like, who is the legend that would come back and join the staff? I've thought of some names, but I also want to answer my question before listing those names. There is no Tim Duncan equivalent anywhere. I mean, Dirk is the closest thing to it. Um, kind of the mild manner, one-team... Egoless superstar. Uh, Kobe Bryant is the anti-Tim Duncan, even if he only played for one team. And most everyone else of that tier of surefire best five players in the world for 15 years, uh, future Hall of Famers, changed teams multiple times. Sorry, Shaq. Sorry, Kevin Garnett. Y'all don't count. Even though Garnett coaching with uh, the T-Wolves was similar. So who is the Blazers' Tim Duncan, the guy who could come back in this manner it's probably not Rasheed Wallace Uh, coaches high school basketball in North Carolina um, doesn't have a relationship with Terry Stotts although when Rasheed Wallace played one game for the Atlanta Hawks you know who his coach was it was Terry Stotts and the Hawks won in overtime so yeah maybe they do have a relationship from that uh, 36 hours that Rasheed famously played in Atlanta It's not Bill Walton. I mean, it's kind of Bill Walton is the the Tim Duncan, but it's not Bill Walton. You know, he sued the franchise in 1978. Um, Dude's got beef. He's not very publicly around the team. Um, That might change this year. It's the 50th anniversary of the Blazers. We'll see what Walton's involvement is. He did come to a playoff game at the end of the year and sat courtside. So Maybe he's warming up to being a more public figure for the Blazers, but that's certainly not something he does. He's more aligned with college basketball at this point as a Pac-12 um, television personality. I would call him analyst, but that's not what he does during the games. It's not Clyde Drexler. He has aligned himself with the Houston Rockets. He lives in Houston. He's on the home broadcast for the, for the Rockets. Um, he's just not around the Blazers in any way. But it could be Terry Porter. He could be the guy, head coach of the University of Portland Pilots. Maybe he's the guy, the legend, who comes back um, and joins the team. You know, really uh, tragically, the loss of Jerome Kersey and Kevin Duckworth and Maurice Lucas means some of the legends who would kind of be on the short list to rejoin the Blazers in some other capacity just aren't around the team anymore. But I thought of some more recent uh, guys who are in the Tim Duncan mode um, who have connections to the, Terry Stotts' staff at least. Uh, Chris Kamen would be a really um, would be a very funny Tim Duncan-esque former player to join the staff. Um, I don't think Chris Kamen wants to coach in the NBA, but he'd certainly be welcome back. I guess the other one, the obvious one, is Steve Blake. Seems like Steve Blake inevitably will coach the Trailblazers and then be traded away twice mid-season to go coach someone else only to be welcome back as a hero. Um, I believe Steve's family still lives in the Portland area. Steve obviously has a role with the Blazers. I'm not exactly sure what his official title is, but he did some player development stuff at the practice facility. Um, I don't think he came to games, or if he did, he certainly wasn't. He was just hiding in the back somewhere. But, yeah, maybe Steve Blake is the Tim Duncan of the Blazers to join the staff. Those are just some names. If you have better names, which I'm sure you do, you can tell me on the Internet, at Rich on Twitter. You can also tell your friends to listen to Locked On Blazers. They can find it wherever they get podcasts. That's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, streaming on Spotify, and available on the Himalaya app. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can get us. So tell your friends. Guys, these are the dog days of the NBA season. I am going to still bring you podcasts, um, but they might get a little bit goofier because there's going to be less news but hopefully they won't be any less regular because I like doing these and I hope you like listening. I really appreciate you guys listening, sincerely. I'll talk to you guys again soon.